This is Shayna and Chris, and we are Bad Queers. If you came out of the closet and got put in a box of stereotypes you don't belong to, then welcome to the Bad Queers Club. Okay, this week in Queer Urban Dictionary, I have gender cues. Gender cues, uh, what human beings use to attempt to tell the gender or sex of another person. Um, Examples of gender cues include hairstyle, gait, vocal inflection, body shape, facial hair, and etc. Cues vary by culture. Gender cues. Gender cues. All right. My Queer Urban Dictionary, because you all have had a time on our social media this week over girl fag. I'm going to get over that. It's, I'm going to get to that. In my back so fun. Sheesh. So fun. Ooh. Look, the way that we love a hot take on our social media and we love the ways that people engage and we yeah. love to see the folks who listen to us and hear the full conversation compared to the folks who just see the term and mm-hmm. are like, what in the world is this? And it's like, yeah, it's today in queer history. between the two. Um, so on top <laughs> of girl fag, obviously we had to define boy dyke. Had to do it. Needed to happen. Um, So boy dyke is a broad term encompassing an individual with masculine gender expression, as well as a connection to the lesbian community. Historically, it was considered an identity under the genderqueer umbrella. Most often, this word is used by transmasculine, non-binary lesbians to describe their gender. But dykes of all stripes identify as boy dykes, whatever their gender. But if we think about it to the opposites, of girl fag there's another definition this is a sub definition of boy dyke is a cisgender boy or man who's primarily attached to women who identify as lesbians or dyke often these women are butch and or masculine in presentation this is a counterpart to girl fag not the same as a heterosexual man who gets turned on by women being sexual together so my sentence is uh jack such a boy dyke he's always hitting on butches at the bar boy dyke will rile the folks up as well i love it I, it's my favorite it's my favorite time of year it is it's interesting happen. to always read it yeah i do appreciate the passion <laughs> to say passion the passion mm-hmm. passion yeah yes yeah. all right we got some fun things this week in our category mm-hmm. is uh so we're going to praise Billy Porter. Our first category is, is of course, we're talking about the Super Bowl that became the Usher Bowl that quickly became the Beyonce Bowl. And I'm here for that whole transition mm-hmm. of things. I am here for it. Yeah. What'd you think? Would you, what do you give the Usher halftime out of 10? What do you rank it? Out of 10? One oh, to I 10. Think I, get, I think I give it a solid nine. That's good. Okay. That was a solid, it was a solid night performance. It was really funny because, so I was watching it with a group of people and everybody afterward was talking about some of the microphone issues, how Alicia Keys came in a little hot and how Usher, they were questioning whether he was singing or not. That's a conversation that people have every year of whether or not people are singing. Mm -hmm. And it was just so funny because we didn't notice any of it because every time anything happened or transitioned, we were screaming and dancing. So we missed yeah. most of those transitions. And then come to find out that when they posted the halftime on YouTube, they edited all of the like performance blemishes because um, somebody yeah. found the original Alicia Keys note and then they went and edited the note so that it sounded great from when she came in. And wow, all I have to say is technology yeah technology technical whiteout with it i gave it an eight out of ten 
And okay. I really enjoyed it. I think it's top five Super Bowl halftime shows that I've mm-hmm. actually witnessed and seen. Um, he was singing live. So I think with his breath control and dancing, like people have to understand, like it wasn't just, I, I know they had the TV track music in the background, but like mm-hmm. Usher was really singing and dancing his, his heart or dancing his ass off. Really um, love the wardrobe. Um, love that he was channeling just this sheer sexual force that he is a little Teddy mm-hmm. Pendergrass. He had the one glove for the, you know, Michael Jackson, um, not to Michael Jackson. And I saw people say the James Brown comparisons with the moves. Usher is an entertainer. Like it was a really good halftime show. What I also loved was seeing her. Yes. Oh my God. The way I flipped out. Yes. Flipped out. Killed it. Needed more. Needed more. Alicia Keys. Um, Oh no! Oh <laughs> so no! Not you saying my it like boo, that. The my boo thing was like how last year with like Rihanna. Like I don't <laughs> that I didn't like Wild Thoughts. Yeah, I thought like Usher had so many songs to get through, and this was such a R and B heavy nod halftime that I was glad he did. But like, I would have wanted less time with Alicia Keys, and it has nothing to do with that note where it's just like. I feel a little bad because of, I mean, since Girl on Fire, I feel like her, her <laughs> vocals have been uh, questioned and a little shot. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's some validity to that. But I think, you know, whatever, everybody makes mistakes. And she was she was great as a performer <laughs> and all that. I just don't like my boo enough to have that much of a time, you know, with it. Like, it. I would have wanted more time with um, Bad Girl, with her playing the guitar, mm. Um, and just more her actually. And just like, that was just a moment. I wish they would have dragged out a little more. I know that Lil John was the one who was a musical director for all this. Um, mm-hmm. So like you can only do so much in the 15 minutes that he got. And he has so many hits. He has so many hits. Like it was so wild to me, like a year or so back when it was announced where people were like, does he even have hits? It's like, he's had it's a like, 30 year are, career. What? Like it's Usher. And what? I'm glad he got the show. Does he have hits? I know, but they were, you know, the kids <laughs> like, the does Usher have enough hits? Uh, he sure does. And he showcased mm-mm. that. And I think overall it was all entertaining. Um, JD in those socks and looking like CeeLo. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> I did. The think way that, was, that our group looked at that CeeLo? and we all thought it was CeeLo Green and then had to think really hard to be like, did they even collaborate on anything? <laughs> and then to realize it was JD. But then it got to Will I Am and Will mm-hmm. I Am was in an outfit that CeeLo Green could have worn yeah and i was like oh yeah. now it's CeeLo green and then i'm still like you didn't <laughs> think like, of any yeah of the songs that they did together and i'm pretty positive they did and then it was like oh it's will i am because they're doing oh my god and this makes sense but i was very happy and our group was very happy that we were not the only ones that thought it looked like CeeLo green yeah he really did i also i know usher uh came out during the black eyed peas at the uh their halftime show to do oh my god he had to do oh my god because it's a it's a stadium hit it's it's mm-hmm. you know but less of that too and <laughs> i know it was like a less alicia <laughs> less will i am i would have been it would have probably been perfect for me um yeah but it was still just great i mean good for usher i haven't listened to his album that he released um like the friday before i need to listen to it but just happy for him um those tour prices are nuts so we'll see about <laughs> going 
actually we have some friends that when he's in Oakland that have a box already, but it's on my anniversary and my wife's like, uh, yeah, she's a so-so Usher fan. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if we'll actually go, but, um, yeah, I'm just happy for him. Like it was a really good halftime performance, like eight out of 10 for me and all that. But, yeah. you know, as great as halftime was, someone did propose at his wedding. Um, so Beyonce commercial. Why is that the way came out <laughs> to describe? Someone proposed at his wedding for sure. Wow. I'm sure he's okay. Usher is a Libra, so it's just like okay. And obviously, he knew this was coming. Like Jay Z hired mm-hmm. him to perform at the halftime. I'm sure he had the heads up. And mm-hmm. I also like it's fine that other artists want to use the Super Bowl, which is, you know, the most watched event to launch new music. But I did see somebody write that and I was like, that's probably the perfect way to put it. Like it is <laughs> it is it is proposing at wow. his wedding because that commercial that's came on and so I kind of forgot about it for a second because new music like first off Beyonce (laughs) talking to us in a commercial is just newsworthy enough I'm just like oh my god and it was great like it was a great commercial um but we we text about that you sent me the video of you searching which is so funny because it was just like yeah like the commercial ended and okay drop the new music and it's like wait whoa 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 what and there was like a (laughs) five minute bubble that we were just all scouring the depths of the internet. I would love to see the release of different websites that folks went to that had a spike at that point because the way I went from Beyonce.com to Instagram to Tidal to Twitter to Mm -hmm. all of the different pages just to see where it was going to be, I was in such a panic to find this music and to hopefully be the first to find the music. Was I one of the first 5,000 people that viewed each of the videos? Yes, I was. Probably. And I was very proud of that feat. <laughs> very yeah. proud of that feat when it came out on YouTube. And I was so, so happy. But you are correct. Homegirl does not talk to us. She does not. She doesn't anymore. talk to She us. doesn't do the things. Her acting yeah. skills have grown so much. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. much. That it's was really the one commercial. thing that I would criticize. And now look at her thriving, making hilarious jokes, mm-hmm. doing funny things, trolling us mm-hmm. like and whoever was the marketer that came up with that concept. Make yeah. them make them the chief marketing officer today. Yeah. When make Verizon makes that money back from y'all's monthly bills going mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. I think they should pay that person more money. You know, yeah. that was a very good concept of breaking the internet and all the the situations of her trying it was just a fun commercial and again like beyonce doesn't talk to us for good she reason doesn't. but she, she does not talk I've to us so like so that was probably the biggest thing <laughs> besides the actual game and usher after i was just happy to see it and i've gone back to that uh the video on her ig or the commercial on her ig just because it's fun it's like a Oh, Beyonce talking to us. Thank God we grew up with Beyonce talking because I can imagine for the younger people who don't see her talk as much, like how that is. But whenever she talks, I'm just like, I listen because Beyonce doesn't talk to us. All right. So the two new songs drop, Texas Hold'em and 16 Carriages. What do you think? Give us your thoughts. My God. My God. Friend. Mm -hmm. When I tell you that I missed the entire third quarter of the game, (laughs) <laughs> I mean it. Yeah. I mean it. As soon as I heard the little don't dig a don't dig a don't dig a don't, I said, Beyonce, bitch. The rumors were happening since August. 
that mm-hmm. she was going to do a country album. We have been waiting to see what act two of the Renaissance was going to be. Sometimes the internet is very correct and sometimes the internet is very wrong. Mm-hmm. This was a prime example because I don't know if you knew this, there was also the possibility that she would announce her residency at the Sphere mm-hmm. in Vegas. So we were all hoping for that announcement. Instead, this bitch is like, I'm gonna drop two songs and in the Verizon commercial, I'm gonna troll you because he's like on the sphere and he's yep. like, I thought you said in the sphere. She said, no, <laughs> on the sphere. And I said, yeah, how dare you? Also, again, whoever that marketing Fun person gal. is, raise. Yeah. Um, because people don't realize Beyonce is fucking funny. Yeah. She truly is. She is hilarious. And I love Texas Hold'em. It's it so is good. a good time. It's casual. It's just that blackness that is just going to piss off the country music fans just enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. And 16 Carriages is beautiful. If you all have it not is. watched the lyric video to it, watch it. It will have you consuming that song in a completely different way. And I lived. I lived. Okay. Mm-hmm. She showed us that it was going to happen. She's been wearing her Texas hats. She wore that big ass one to the Grammys. Yep, and now that's all she's wearing to help promote this and keep it going. And all her photos, she even for uh, today, I think today that she posted one that she was in like her little red outfit yep. with the red hat. And it's everywhere. It's fantastic what she's doing. I love it. It's great. She's great. All of this is great. 29. She actually gave us a date so that we could prepare for when this album comes out, which is super exciting. Um, so yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for more. I could not ask for more. Thank you, Beyonce. Thank you so much for the things that you do, the things that you bring us, and all the above. Thanks, girl. It's just amazing. I mean, y'all have, um, it's been said before, but lucky y'all to be you know super fans and just like have a an artist that not only their work is amazing and it continues to grow but like it's fun and she doesn't really disappoint you know like other fan bases don't get that so like y'all are really blessed to have like a really good you know superstar icon that like never never lets y'all down you know, it's it's just I, you know, besides the money that she takes from y'all, like that is, that's one thing. But uh, everything else seems really fun, you know, especially outside looking in. So, you know, somebody said this um, as people say a lot of things on the internet, but good for y'all. Like y'all have such an icon that like cares for y'all. I know she takes all y'all's money, but I mean, you know, <laughs> y'all would give it up anyway. But like, <laughs> how fun it is to be a part of the Beehive. Like just to have a a legend that listens and grows and has good music and doesn't embarrass y'all like so fun yeah so fun so lucky she keeps us on edge she does keep us on edge it's a beautiful thing thank you beyonce yeah for all that you do we'll wrap up the super bowl segment to say that the chiefs won and that's it uh (laughs) that's about it it did get entertaining in the second (laughs) half though (laughs) like uh, you know they won you know um so there's that Uh, (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next category, which is the category is the Monique interview. Um, Monique went on Monique. Club Shay Shay as promised last week after she saw mm-hmm. Cat Williams go on there. She 
since y'all but said hold my beer or Tennessee or whatever um so I'm just gonna go through some bullet points I know you saw the clips and everything I did watch the whole three hours and everything um wow the way that you are dedicated to these like hours long episodes it's just like a podcast you just put them on yeah you don't sit in front of it you just you know have it on and listen to Mm -hmm. it so I'm usually Mm -hmm. like working or doing something but yeah it goes by quickly um so you know (laughs) <laughs> a lot of these things aren't really much of a surprise because Monique has been saying it for the, at least the last 10 years, but I'll get to just bullet by bullet, like, you know, the things top level that were said. So Monique is still on Oprah and Tyler Perry's next, mm. uh, which for a good reason, you know, it is an ongoing dispute. I think um, Mo revealed that Oprah agreed, you know, this is going back to the promotion of Precious and that was getting Oscar buzz and they wanted her to fly out to Cannes to promote it for free. Um, And essentially like Oprah and Tyler Perry pressuring her to come out, but she had already had the, you know, press junket, you know, here in the States and she had just had her twins and everything. And again, wasn't going to get paid. So said no. Um, And yeah, you know, that from there it's kind of gone downhill uh, in terms of, um, accusations that she's difficult to work with um so one of the revelations which i think was out before but like tyler perry she said that tyler perry made up or admitted to making up um the rumor that she was difficult to work with and has Mm. audio of tyler perry admitting that um so on the interview uh shannon sharp had heard it and was like yeah he heard the whole audio of it it's actually out on twitter if y'all want to hear it but um yeah he he made that up saying that you know or admitted to circulating that rumor that she was difficult to work with so she wants to sit down and talk to both of them um says she's lost out on you know 10 to 12 million dollars or something of that sort because of all this that happened um and then there's other specific beef with oprah uh where i never saw this episode but it was like tail end oprah like when she was about to leave um after the Oscar win Oprah called Monique because Monique's brother who trigger warning um, molested her when she was growing up wanted to go on Oprah and talk about that and admit that she that he did and also give the warning signs to parents to watch out so other people don't have to experience that Um, Monique said she was fine with that with her brother being on there Um, but it ended up being her brother and Monique's mom, who she wasn't fly with, and her dad. And Oprah did not mm. give her the heads up about the rest of her her family, which is fucked up. And just weird to want to do that episode, too. It's fucked up. And as an Oprah person and as an Oprah apologist, like, she's not perfect. And that's a horrible, shitty thing to do. I do think that Oprah and Tyler Perry owe her a public apology for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um Tyler more so I, she was kind of centering on with like, again, making it right money wise, which he obviously has more of the uh, not more power, but he has a studio so he could actually put I mean, her he in does things have like more power now. right now. Yeah. Like yeah. Oprah has power, but I think people kind of overhype o- Oprah's power in Hollywood, at least like I think she gets some things done. But like, you know, I think they do owe her apology for sure. Um, but there was also something that was interesting because Monique separately was talking about her rise in Hollywood and like Mm -hmm. I didn't know how quickly things came together but she like 
got on the Parkers and well, Moesha, but then the Parkers like really quick, like it happened really fast for her. So it's kind of like in my, in my head or just how I, like my opinion of it is like, I could see a world where an Oprah and a Tyler Perry who had to kind of get it out of the mud. It didn't come easy for either one of them. And they're older and they're of that generation where like, they're going to play the game. They're going to be company men. They're going to, you know, like go along to get along, which isn't, you know, the best, but like, that's them. So like, (laughs) they probably couldn't really empathize or see why Monique wouldn't want to come out to Cannes to promote a film that has Oscar buzz and like that being right. a beef because they have to pass that along to p- more powerful folks. <laughs> like imagine getting off the phone and having to tell the studio heads or whoever that she's not only is she not coming, but unless she gets paid during a time where that they weren't doing that, like mm-hmm. Monique that aged well for her and like, she should have got paid, but like, you know, they're of a different era. Like they, they, uh, Yeah. Yeah, probably read a little differently to them. So either way, fucked up what they did. I do think mm-hmm. they owe her apology. Um, other people she mentioned, Kevin Hart, who gave her money to stay afloat, which she said she paid back with interest and how um, great he was during that time. But I guess he had all agreed to executive produce a revival of her talk show, The Monique Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his manager stepped in and said that Kevin didn't want anything to do with Monique, so they haven't talked since, which is, wow. you know, a thing. Yeah. Um, wow. She had spoke for D.L. Hughley, which that was an ongoing thing. Uh, got at Tiffany Haddish, <laughs> mm, <I knew laughs> which that was is funny. funny. <laughs> that was definitely coming. It was the clip that came out. That was funny, like with the uh, thing. But, you know, here's the thing. I think that Monique is justified in her wrongdoing. I think her comparison of she would be Melissa McCarthy is like, yeah, I can see that she could have been Melissa McCarthy. But I also think like people don't have to fuck with your weird ass husband too, or your Mm -hmm. daddy that you call like she's currently, as we record this going back and forth with her eldest born son, who she's admitted she wasn't there for. She was, you know, out there in Hollywood grinding it out. So she is admitted to not being a great mom and had spoke on him. He's come out and spoke about uh, the things she mentioned in the interview and her rebuttal video and the stuff she's doing to like answer that is like led by her husband, daddy slash manager. And I think that's Mm -hmm. fucked up when it's somebody who's like, that's not his dad. And this is like between you and your son. Like, so something about Monique where it's like, no, you're right in these things. But also, like, I don't think she herself is accountable for the things that she is or can't she can't really. I don't think she can handle the fact that some people don't want to fuck with her husband slash manager, who's her representation. Yeah. Like something about him is just always been off to me. It's not just the him, her calling him daddy all the time, mm-hmm. but it's just like something about him is off. And I think that people have the right to not want to fuck with them at all or, you know, work with them or want to speak to somebody else. Cause that's something she mentioned. She was like, Tyler Perry was like, I'll talk to you, but I'm not talking to your husband. And she was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So it's just like, well, (laughs) it's, you know, there we have it. So I've always been curious if there's some sort of power dynamic there that is not being discussed and it's just like waving in our faces, but we're missing it because of all of these theatrics and things. So I hope that's not the case. And I hope it's just like some, 
wildly loyal behavior yeah, something right? problematic yeah. behavior something i don't even know how to best describe it but i just hope yeah. it is not some sort of power play power control that this does happen and carry out into her life yeah. this way she got into them like the origins of them like they grew up together in baltimore she's they were friends for the longest time you know she had two marriages before him that failed and she had said like she didn't know her place as a woman in those two marriages and like how she does now and had talked about like there was a moment where she used to sit at the head of the table with her husband Sydney who's her cousin, current husband um and daddy um and like she one day knew she needed to move from the head of the table to like one of the other seats so it's just like I don't know look <laughs> listen they have oh, some traditional thing going on yeah but it's so red flaggy where i'm just like yes you're justified monique but also people are also justified in not wanting to fuck with your husband like his background mm-hmm. isn't in management there are historic stories of black women in entertainment and in hollywood that have husbands that are also their managers and how shitty that goes Mary J. Blige, Billie Holiday. Like, I just don't think that's the best thing. And it seems like the trouble started more so when he became her manager, husband, daddy. So I don't know. God bless them all. I hope they figure it out. Uh, This is way higher than my tax bracket. But I don't think Monique is totally wrong with the things that she wants from particularly Oprah and Tyler Perry. Um, And I hope she works it out with her son with out her husband because that he doesn't need to be in that like he's it's it's messy right now so there's that you know and shout out to club shay shay they are racking up the views this one's at like 12 million in a week he is just racking it up so there we have it all right so that's that you check out the interview if you want and form your own opinion all right our last category is we're growing um a new study by the public religion research institute or prri um has released a new study that finds that 28 percent of gen z adults nearly 30 percent identify as lgbtq um which is great we're growing we're more visibility we're Mm -hmm. feeling safer and coming out um that number compares to 10 percent of all adults um if we break it down by the other um generations 16 percent of millennials identify as lgbtq seven percent of gen x four percent of baby boomers excuse me and four percent of the silent generation um so we're growing um, or Gen Z is growing, not so much. Well, millennials probably are, but on we're, the there. we're there. We're there. We're there. 16 is good. 16 is good. There's more, but you know, I like that number. Whenever you're y'all are ready. Um, but yeah, it's good to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's certainly more, but y'all got it. Um, so that is the latest of like how um, US adults by generation identify. But yeah, that, um, that 28% is the highest amongst all of the generations so shout out to gen z for feeling comfortable and safe-ish enough and affirmed enough to come out and be all right um mm-hmm. so yeah there we go that's it's good to hear we're growing, we're growing. To see we're growing we're a growing team yep <laughs> so 
<laughs> Let's move on to our advice segment in my bad queer. Email your questions to us at badqueerspodcast at gmail.com to be featured or DM us on IG at badqueerspod. This first question is from Keisha. Keisha asks, oh God, I already see it in this. <laughs> some bullshit. This is some bullshit. I already see it. One of my friends told me it was reverse racism. Here's the bullshit. To -hmm. choose to only date black women. I am a black woman. And this is coming from a friend who is white. I know, I know. I'm not one for quick comebacks. And I want to be prepared the next time she says it. Can y'all give me something to say that will shut her up? Mm. Knowing that she she knows that this friend is going to come back and say this shit again. I know. I was wild. Friend is if your friend is saying I don't even know if that's really a real friend. Like because there's white people who would never say that and know better and know that there's no such thing as reverse racism. Racism is a systematic power dynamic that we as black people globally do not have over any other group. And the thing about reverse racism and like the whole no, you're racist movement with white people is that they would not trade what they call racism for what we call racism at all in any Mm -hmm. circumstance. Like their thing is like things like this, where it's a preference thing. Right. Whereas like we've been lynched, we've been killed, we've been enslaved. We're currently still discriminated against in the financial sector. We talked about that Navy federal uh, credit union story. Like there's so many things I could pick. (laughs) <laughs> you know, healthcare, mm-hmm. name an industry, name anything like that's actual racism. So like your preference as a black woman to want to date black women is not reverse racism. And I'm not sure of like a quick comeback <laughs> with this friend, because I don't know why you're hanging out with them. Like, I don't know why that's a friend. Like, uh, yeah. Like, do you want to hang out with this person? What, what redeeming qualities do they have? Like, or, or have them, have them define racism to you, have them define racism. Like I would ask questions about racism. Tell me, tell me about racism. Tell me, tell me as a black woman, tell me about racism. I would love to hear about racism. Like just, yeah. What is racism to you? You know, like, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine being friends with someone white that would say that to me, but Shana, you got any quick comebacks, you know? That's what it is. Why in the world does your friend feel like they have the audacity to say that type of shit to you in the first place? Mm-hmm. Besides everything that Chris just listed, I think that one, you could just, if you needed a snappy comeback, you could be like, you just reverse your way out of my life. Like, that's fine. I'm listen, <laughs> reverse out that door. <laughs> okay. I was like, second, you can sit and like pull that like really intentional type vibe where it's like, what does reverse racism look like to you? Mm-hmm. Fill me in. Get into the How questions. are you engaging? Okay. How are, how are you engaging with this? When was the last time you dated a black woman? Or a black person, however your friend identifies. I don't know. Um, but these are the things where it's just like question that. But I would also, I would mainly just focus on, is this a friendship that brings you joy? Yeah. Is it a friendship? Not, keep it pushing. <laughs> just keep it pushing. That's yeah. that's really all I have to say about about that one. Is just keep it moving and grooving. Keisha, I really honestly feel like this is like a fireable offense for a friend. Okay. This like is. I don't think that's a friend. Like why would you say that? Like there's 
enough good sense white people to know that there's no such thing as reverse racism, but also like to use it in this context. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Wild. All right. But Wild ain't no quick comebacks. Just get out of my house. Like, mm-mm. no, no. Hope that helps. But yeah, that's a lot of, no, you're racist going on. So not surprised, but that person is not your friend. So there's that. All right. This next Am I a Bad Queer comes from AJ. AJ says, my girlfriend and I have been long distance for the last two years. We finally started discussing her moving here to where I live. I'm in Atlanta. She's in New York. We usually see each other every other month and have trips here and there to other spots. Overall, the long distance is working well. I'm worried about it being ruined when she gets here. Honestly, I have been avoiding the convo because I like the freedom and I'm not sure that it will what it will look like in this tra- when this transition happens. Can you give me some words of advice to help ease this anxiety? AJ. AJ, I'm going to ask you an honest question. I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you a really honest question here. Uh, how much do you actually want to be with this person? Is my is my real question, because if you're worried about your freedom being gone, like how much do you actually like want to be in said relationship? Because um, that's my main question. It sounds like you're just anxious because you may not want it to happen. And if you've been avoiding the conversation, then that's probably a solid reason as to why uh, you're not feeling great about it. Yeah. I also wonder, like so be my first question for you, where the anxieties lie, like, is it like just the day-to-day living with them like how long when y'all do see each other every other month like how long do y'all like live amongst each other and see your habits Mm -hmm. you know sleep yeah next to each other and fart around each other and stuff like that you know all this (laughs) stuff you know (laughs) clean like all that like all the things like are you nervous because of or anxious because of that or is it like i know like you like your freedom but you know if y'all were working towards being in one place then you knew it was the time was ticking so <laughs> sounds like time's up um so <laughs> it's kind of what Shana said is it like maybe you don't need to be with this person if you don't you're not like excited for that next big step then that that mm-hmm. could mean something so yeah I, know. I was like nerves nerves are normal like that's completely fine to be nervous about it but it sounds like it's hit a different a different level that I think you need to, like Chris was saying, figure out where the stress is most coming from. Is it that like you're seeing your time being taken when you are on vacation? Cause sometimes when you think about it and you're just traveling together and you're doing long distance stuff, it's like, this is my constant vacation bay. And we're not thinking ahead to what that life is like together bay. So you got to pull the two, you got to pull the two together and think if that's okay. Especially if this person is making the effort for you you're going to be in charge of helping to make them feel welcome and to make them feel safe and to feel at home and you know introducing them to your friends and things like that it is your responsibility and hopefully it should be like your honor and privilege to be able to have this person in the space that you have built and are providing space for them to be a part of it because if they're not doing that then that's a red flag and it sounds like you're the red flag that's a problem. Yeah, you would be the red flag in this scenario. Uh, and maybe they have nervousness and anxieties too. Like maybe, I mean, I don't know if your financials allow for this, but 
would they be open to it's kind of crazy in this economy, but like, you know, getting their own place in Atlanta separate from you so you could still even kind of ease into the transition. I don't know. But y'all have been long distance and you knew this was coming. And yeah, if you're not feeling it, then that might say something else. So it starts with a conversation, but you should also figure out internally like where the anxieties and nervousness comes from because mm-hmm. yeah. It's a little wolf. Like that would suck to be the other person to be so excited, like, oh, finally. And here you are, like, woof, love my freedom. And I am a person right. who <laughs> loves being by myself and freedoms and you know, uh, I think I said it before. I joke with me and my wife joke, like if we had an open marriage, like I, my portion of that wouldn't even be having another person. It would probably be having a studio apartment somewhere to just be by myself and all that. Um, <laughs> so like I love my freedom. Yeah, very much so. Chalet would come over to like be like, well, why isn't it decorated like the, you know, like <laughs> messing up my little <laughs> space. But like, yeah, like so like I understand liking your freedom, but living with someone doesn't mean you're going to lose your freedoms. There's, you know, and it can be a very beautiful thing, but I do wonder how these trips every other month have gone in like, you know, are these anxieties because of something like really tied to something where you're like, "Mm, I don't think, I don't know if living together is going to be the best thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then you still got to have a conversation about it, like what that is. And, and just know that there is a, um, a crunchy time when you first move in with your significant other, like to learn each other day to day again. So I don't know, AJ, good luck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> okay. Love that yeah. you said it like that. But it's true. You gotta think about it like that. It is it's gonna be your responsibility. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to make the person feel welcome. If that's what it's gonna be, you just you just want a vacation buddy and not a partner that you're gonna Sounds be developing like with. The long distance bay turning to the same city bay and you're mm-hmm. anxious. Uh, what's going on? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Figure and it not out, just AJ. like the normal anxious one. It takes a different anxious. That's a selfish mm-hmm. anxious. That's yeah. not a normal anxious. Yeah. Normal anxious we yeah. can talk through. This is a selfish anxious. So mm-hmm. yeah, Save make sure y'all look fast. into a two bedroom. <laughs> y'all are doing this. <laughs> At the very least, two bedroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rent a house if y'all have it. <laughs> so woof. Okay. And then that's, wow. you know, honest, I'm joking about that, but seriously, like but get a two bedroom. <laughs> so no, seriously, get a, get a two bedroom. Um, hope that helps AJ. Um, happy almost spring. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, this last one is from Penny. Penny asks, am I a bad queer? Because I don't want to go to my good friend's wedding. She's queer because it's in a church. <laughs> I have a lot of religious trauma and baggage from growing up in a vocally homophobic and transphobic church. I haven't been to an actual church in over eight years. I want to support, but I don't want to be in a church. I have offered to come to the reception or just send a gift, but I can tell my friend feels a way about me not going. What would y'all do? Penny. Mm. Good old religious trauma, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Comes in hot at wedding season time. Yeah. Yeah. We're just getting into it too. Um, huh. Without knowing, I mean, you you know, any religious trauma is trauma. And, you know, those, oof. I think that as a person who planned and paid for a wedding, um, <laughs> your friends should be open to people not coming <laughs> and, and that being okay. Cause they don't have to pay for them um, for the reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's tough because I feel like 
you shouldn't force it and be in a church if you're truly not comfortable, even though this isn't, you know, I don't know how religious this ceremony is going to be um, or, you know, the church that she is might be an affirming church and they might not be those kind of people. So on one hand, I'm just like, oh, you know, if you if you care about this friendship that much and this is her your friend's most important day and you want to support, then maybe you could look past what happened to you in the church in the past without, again, I don't know if there's any specific uh, incidents that happened or your triggers with it, you know, would you be able to get past it for just that day? Like you rationalize it in your head, probably disassociate a little bit in the church Mm -hmm. and just be like, I'm just here for the 45 minutes to an hour of the actual ceremony. And then the reception somewhere else, hopefully not on church grounds, but then there's the other side of it where it's like, if you're not comfortable, don't go and just send a gift and your friend will get over it at some point because you don't want to ruin their day. You don't want to compromise your comfortability. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like send a gift and I'm leaning towards just send a gift because I don't know the extent of the baggage that you're dealing with in religious trauma. And again, if I was a friend, I mean, I, anybody who I, you know, there's not a friend that I like, I wouldn't feel away if a friend didn't want to come over something that's like, this is real to me. Like if you really have religious trauma and you just cannot stand to be in a church at all, I'm not going to force you to come, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say send a gift, you know, you don't, you know, if you can't be in the church, then just send a gift and they'll be okay. Y'all will get past it. So it is, you do need to be comfortable and you know, you're not the, you know, if you're not participating in the wedding, if you're not part of the wedding party, then, you know, they'll be fine. They'll, they, they will get over it. I, I promise mm-hmm. you, like, that's one less head for catering purposes. So I love the logic here. Just, it honestly, costs money. That's, everything costs what is money. This? this is wedding math where it's like, oh, well, if you don't come, they're actually saving money. This is like a sale. Yeah. You're giving them a bargain um, on these things. But it's true. Your friend should understand that if there is if there is trauma that's just, that's just not your space and that's not your time. And that's okay. Cause they're still going to be surrounded by people that they love and that they care about. And you know, if they are giving you the opportunity to still come to the reception and celebrate them and do things, then great. Take advantage of that. But otherwise, yeah, take the L. Hopefully it's not a super close friendship. Maybe it's one of those friends where you're like, yeah, I definitely do want to be there to support you and stuff, but also you do have to look out for yourself. So it sounds like you're giving them plenty of heads up, which is the number one thing that I want to be sure that like folks Mm -hmm. do whenever they have to adjust for wedding things. It's like, don't tell them that last minute because they already did pay for stuff, but it sounds like you're giving them a heads up um, ahead of time and that will give them time and you time for both of you to maybe like talk about it, process it together, understand where it's coming from and, and make a plan. Yep. Moving forward. But you know, if that is, you have said very clearly that is a trauma I have. That is something that I am not comfortable with. Then you can either work something out with this friend or say, you know what? This wedding is not the one, but happy to just send you over a gift because uh, your your mental health is important, too. And it's no reason for you to be re-traumatized. This could be a really solid opportunity for you to experience something positive mm-hmm. in the space by seeing your friend mm-hmm. get married. Um I would hope that that's a lot of therapy planning and a lot of opportunities for you to understand how to manage your triggers in those spaces. Um, But that's a big shot. That's a big long shot. If you are open and ready to do that, cool. But otherwise, one of the first two options, whether you work it out with your friend, have time to process it and then figure out what's best for you. Go with your gut. 
Yeah. Got to do what's best for you. And your friend, I'm telling you, will be fine in the long run. Just let them know. (laughs) Look, RSVP know. They know the the reasoning and, you know, get them a gift, give them some money and I they'll be fine. They Mm -hmm. will be fine. And you can celebrate in another way with them. You know, again, like if your friend is having a bachelorette party or just anything before, like, you know, bridal shower, whatever, you know, go to those things. But, um, you know, it is what it is. You got to protect yourself. So I understand. All right, Penny, hope that helps. And that concludes our advice segment in my bad queer email your questions to us at badqueerspodcast at gmail.com to be featured or dm us on ig at badqueerspod all right what type of backwards will we be if we didn't have unpopular queer opinions uh this week yours is i got this from the internet i got <laughs> this from the internet so i can't say that i came up with this bad queer opinion but did i do the research for this bad queer opinion yes so thank the person who posted this on the internet because i thought it was hilarious and that it was a good thing and then i got some little facts got some facts and some historical things for you about this so my bad queer opinion sub this person's bad queer opinion i wish i could remember it was just like i saw it on reddit quickly and then i was like this is brilliant um start telling anti-LGBTQ plus folks that their favorite porn will disappear if they pass these anti-bills. Mm. Mm. I feel like it's mm. the work that we need to do for our community to save us from all of these bills um, that are appearing because you know most of these folks who are going so hard for these bills are either on the down low or on here watching all sorts of kinky freaky shit on these mm. porn sites, mm. have experienced it in some way, shape or form are suppressing it in some way, shape or form. And I think this is, this might be the way that we get to them. So uh, to support this, I did some research and I definitely had to move to my phone to do the research and do it on private tabs because the things I was opening, don't ever say I didn't do anything for you as listeners because I did. So in 2023, one of the most searched terms on porn sites was lesbian. It came in third. I also want to make it known that anal trans and threesome are on that list too. I felt that they fell under the LGBTQ plus umbrella. So I added those, um, last year it was fourth. So it's moving on up. It's moving up the charts. Um, but lesbian was the overall most viewed category in 2023. And Pornhub came on to mention that you would think it was because of men, but it's not for men. Mm -hmm. It was the seventh most viewed. And for women, it was number one which Pornhub said, and I quote, it seems to signify that no matter your gender or sexual orientation, viewers love to see two women getting together. You know, Pornhub, me too. (laughs) So thank you for that statistic. Um, The U.S. has the highest traffic on Pornhub, especially for this, by a huge margin. It's like over half. And then next is like the Philippines. So (laughs) You can't say it's like by a close number. No, we are we are accounting for like it's like four. It's 20 countries that are taking up like 78.5 percent of the total views on Pornhub um, Mm -hmm. around these topics as well. And the U.S. has a shit ton of it. Yeah. So it's almost like the U.S. has like 58 percent. And then it's like the Philippines and then everybody else. That's honestly Mm -hmm. what it is Um, overall. As well, lesbian was the number one most searched term and trans and anal all increased 
on the chart by one and threesome dropped down by four. Hmm. So, you little porn little addicts on here, tell the people that their favorite porn is going to go away if they pass these anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ plus laws. And I stick beside it. Yeah, they are ready. We didn't report this today, but it's breaking today. I don't know if you saw it with DeSantis backtracking on his book ban because it's like oh, nuts. No. Like too many, they were saying too many people <laughs> are objecting to books that don't have children in schools. And it's like, oh, is that right? <laughs> like, mm. So they're like some of the options they're exploring are like uh, objections fees and stuff like that, because it's like basically getting out of hand. And I feel like this is one of those okay. bills that are like that, too, where it's just like is for one thing and it's going to affect so many other things that people don't mm-hmm. understand. And one thing America loves is God, guns and porn. So, you know, good luck if you want to pass these bills. See how quickly these things, uh, you know go left for y'all so yep mm-hmm. proceed with caution ah my back queer opinion um i wanted to get back to girl fag our girl fag post um i was surprised to see how some of y'all talk about some of these other identities like i was like oh mm. these are this is real <laughs> y'all looking real like do y'all sound like homophobes and transphobes honestly in some some of the comments like and then i guess I also was just like, how do y'all see these terms and be uh, like reacting? So I don't know. Just (laughs) it's like, you could just feel it through the screen where it's just like, God, that triggers you so much. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to say the least. Like we do these queer urban dictionary terms because these are, you know, terms and um, ways that people identify as, and you know, I definitely don't think everybody has to think like me or whatever, but like if something doesn't apply to me, I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like it's just an understanding thing. Like we have a big community of people. There's, we always say it's expansive. A lot of people identify really, you know, in different ways and stuff like that. So even if it, like if it doesn't apply, like it's just weird to see people just have the reactions that they have. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I guess I say all that to say, like be very careful how y'all like treat other people who identify in a way that you don't understand or you don't identify with because yeah, we be coming off like homophobic and transphobic and just like sounding just like the people that are trying to destroy us. Like, it's just like, Mm -hmm. I'm like some of the arguments that were put in the comments are like, that's exactly what they're saying about us, like our community. So it's just like, okay. Like, I don't know, y'all. Like, it's not just, you know, within these letters that, you know, describe our community, like there's so many other identities and, you know, ways of uh, living and all that. And I don't know. I just would think that we would be I know we're not tolerant, but every time something like that happens, I'm just reminded of how conservative and how um close-minded some people could be i was just like jesus mm-hmm. like there was a couple people who were like oh i d- identify this way and like i know that there's some criticisms of it like girl fag with like the fetish f- fetishizing people fetish fetishize always fucks me up but and that's a valid <laughs> criticism but it's like it's not that always like in all cases so like there was a person who was saying that they don't fetishize people and they just really like tried to explain out like why that 
why they identify that way. And, you know, um, there was another person who couldn't really explain it, but they were like, yeah, like I, that I identify as a girl fag, like that's me. So I don't know. I just hope that we all keep an open mind about, you know, different identities within our community, Mm -hmm. even if you don't rock with it or whatever, I guess it's like not a term or identity for you to agree with. Like, that's the thing Like you don't have to agree with it. Like some people were like, I don't like it. I hate it. I don't agree with it. And it's like, well, but, you don't have to like that's not it's not a question it's just an identity out there so yeah. i don't know y'all y'all be careful mm-hmm. y'all sounded real right wing <laughs> y'all sounded real right wing. it was it was in real quick cases. in those comments so yeah. if you like, haven't checked Oof. it out head to our instagram page Yeesh. and just look at the comments on our girl fact definition yeah and you know we're always going to encourage conversation just as yeah, if you if you saw the comparison of comments on some of these homophobic and transphobic posts and then this post, like it's just like, oh wow, it's not so similar. <laughs> yeah. Holding like, oh, up okay. a mirror. All right. <laughs> Be careful. Mm-hmm. Using those same arguments they use against us. So Okay. Yeah, I was like, girl fags ain't bothering nobody. Let them be okay. girl fags. Let them be girl They're fags. They ain't bothering the nobody. <laughs> they are not bothering nobody, you know. But all right. Okay. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Too funny. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap up this show. But you know, we would never leave you without giving shout outs to our faves. Um, my shout out this week goes to Ka Yangmi. They, them, artist, illustrator of Not He or She, I, Me, which was recently named the Stonewall Honor Book by the American Library Association. The book is about a day in the life of a non-binary child, you know, doing wild and crazy things like gleefully getting dressed, hugging their parents, going to school, playing with friends, uh, the things that they're out here doing. And now they're writing books about them. That's wild. So go and support this book um, and go and support they're an amazing artist illustrator the vibes are immaculate so you can follow them at ka k-a-h y-a-n-g-n-i on ig all right my shout out is to the black sportswoman uh bria uh felician sorry if i'm butchering your last name founded the black sportswoman in 2020 um, the mission of the Black Sports Woman is to amplify the stories of Black women athletes in sports history. Subscribe at www.theblacksportswoman.com and follow on G- IG at the Black Sports Woman. Someone will accuse us of reverse racism. You're like, why are you just profiling or amplifying the stories of Black women? <laughs> crazy like i was just like they just be deflecting jesus but honestly uh, <laughs> honestly that's crazy. about to be the word of the year right. the word of the year mm-hmm. will be that that and dei but mm. yeah the time well this what? ain't texas so it ain't hold I, feel like. <laughs> I was like we need to fit that in somewhere ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, good for right, y'all, y'all you know good for y'all Thank you so really much. happy for you. Because honestly, <laughs> like I am honestly, for all of us. Honestly, <laughs> I don't feel like any other artist fan base is like has their foot on their fan base's Nothing. neck as much as Beyonce does. Yeah. And I 
consent to it. Who has more fun than y'all? Like, honestly, I can't think of another the fan best base. Time. Like, like, honestly, it's almost like I'm doing like a Sudoku puzzle that Beyonce created every time she does anything because you're looking so for fun. stuff in her visuals. You're seeing the stories again. When the tell all marketing book comes out, I will be so excited when the documentary comes out, all the things I'm going to be so excited. So it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Beyonce. By the way, I mean, just got to you with my Beyonce questions. When is Renaissance the movie going to be streaming? Like, I'm like, when, where? Like, Nobody knows. Uh, like, come on. Nobody knows. Like, just come we on. We don't know. We don't know. <sighs> She'll all let right. us know. She will. When she's ready. She will. Probably during All-Star Weekend this weekend. <laughs> she has another commercial lined up. Plot twist. Yeah. So, yes. Mm. Well, for everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Shout out to Sienna Liggins for our Bad Queer soundtrack titled Me Again. And our sound engineer, Cesar, for making us sound like we know what we're doing. If you enjoyed the episode, please take the time to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. It's me again. Can we talk about things? I'm so sorry that I'm coming.